I'm Becky Kohlberg, and this is my show. What comes to mind when you hear the words, you don't need to be thin to be comfortable in your skin? Are you yelling, yes, yes, that's so true? Or do you cringe and think, no way? If you're like most of the people that I talk to in preparation for this show, you believe that unless you are thin, you can't possibly be comfortable in your skin. And to take it a step further, you can't be beautiful, healthy, or even worthy. If you fall into that last category, stay tuned because this episode is for you. I grew up in the 80s with Cosmopolitan Magazine. Perfect bodies, hair, and clothes. Oh, and always a new sex position that would rock his world. I believed that if I had their bodies, hair, and clothes, along with rocking his world, I would be all that in a bag of potato chips. Turns out, I liked the potato chips more than wanting to look like the models. This set me up for years of striving to look a certain way before I could love myself. I always felt that until I was thin, I wasn't beautiful, lovable, or worthy. And I definitely could not be comfortable in my skin. Saying that now actually kind of just makes me feel terrible. And maybe the truth is the same for you too. The truth behind all the magazine photos is they are edited so much that the models wish that they looked like that. Editors will not only shave down a butt, flatten a belly, they will also lengthen their legs and their neck, change the color of their skin, and make their eyes look even bigger than they are. Digital marketing experts say Americans are exposed to thousands of advertisements per day per day. You may say, ah, I don't see that many. Go to the grocery store and see the images at the checkout. A bus drives by with several ads. Same with a taxi. Scroll through social media and you are bombarded with ads. And then there's TV. You may be thinking, oh, well, I just ignore them. And that is what I'd say too. Even when we believe we are ignoring them. The message is still getting through on a subconscious level, meaning we store that information and unknowingly use it at a later date. Let's say we take a deeper dive on this. According to Jean Kilborn, who did a talk at Harvard in 2015, the average American encounters 3,000 advertisements every day and spends a total of two years watching TV commercials in their lifetime. At the center of many of these ads is an image of idealized female beauty models. They are tall, slim, and light in skin tone, and digitally altered to ever more unrealistic proportions. She went on to say, women and girls compare themselves to these images every day, and failure to live up to them is inevitable because they are based on flawlessness that doesn't exist. The American ideal of beauty has become so pervasive 
that 50% of three to six-year-old girls worry about their weight. And on the island of Fiji, the arrival of television heralded a boom in dieting among women and girls who before then hadn't realized that there was something wrong with their body. Three to six-year-olds. What the heck? When I was five, all I cared about was playing with my Barbie dolls. Interesting. Hmm. Having this unrealistic image in our minds has an impact on how we eat, what we think, how we think about our bodies, and for some of us, our worth. This is probably nothing new to you. We've been hearing it for years, right? Notice I said hearing it, not listening. It's time to really listen and make a choice for ourselves about our own bodies. That is why I decided to start this show. Every single body is different and worthy of being celebrated. Yes, celebrated. Getting comfortable in your skin starts on the inside, not the outside. When that inner love grows, the love you would feel for your child or a pet, when it starts to grow, you start to notice all the good stuff on the outside. Like, wow, my feet are so cute. My hips are pretty sexy. Dang, I'm rocking these jeans today. The leap from self-loathe to self-love does not have to be a big one and can happen quickly. The formula I found that worked for me was forgive, accept, and love. Let's start with forgive. Forgive yourself for past perceived failures. Notice I said perceived. We can be so hard on ourselves and hang on to that where we believed we went wrong. Let that stuff go. Next up, acceptance. Accept where you are today without shame or blame. Stop using language like, oh, I did this to myself and switch it to, I own my choices. One of my favorite Louise Hay affirmations is, I love and accept myself. Therefore, I am worthy of all good that comes to me. This I say to myself daily. The third step is to love yourself as you are today, that beautiful body that you were given when you were blessed to be on this earth, you know, you know, the one, the one you've been trashing. It's time to give your body the love it has been hungry for. It's starving for your love and attention, positive attention. In a moment, I am going to introduce you to a woman who really despised her body, treated it poorly, and wanted to literally walk out of her skin until the unimaginable happened, the news that changed her life. Let's go to meet her now. For my first show, I knew I wanted to interview someone really special, someone who has an extraordinary story and truly loves her body as it is right now, today. This lady is beautiful, healthy, and she has a smile that will win your heart. Please welcome Bernadine. Hello, Bernadine. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for volunteering. 
Bernadine, let's dive right into this here. When do you remember being aware of your body? I just, you know, I remember being 11, around 11, and I started my period around that time. So my body started like blossoming and I was at our town lake sitting on this dock in the sun. And I looked down and I saw like that I had some like rolls of, of fat on my stomach. And I remember thinking, okay, how do I get rid of this? This is a problem. And I thought I'll do sit-ups. I know how to exercise and, you know, I'm 11. Like, what is that? Right. So I'm at home and we're watching a family movie and they go onto the floor and I start doing sit-ups. My mom asks me what I'm doing. I explain I'm vulnerable, have fat, need to get rid of it, sit-ups. And she kind of cocked her head to the side and she said, there's no amount of sit-ups you can do that will get rid of that. And it was like, it was like being shoved like out of a moving car. You know, I just, I was so stunned and shocked and I sat there and my mom was always really overweight until she was actually close to about my age now until she was in her mid forties. And then she did Atkins and became a raging alcoholic. Well, she always was an alcoholic. I just didn't know. I had no idea, but then I could see it. <clears throat> and, um, and she, when she finally quit drinking, she said it was because she was carbohydrate intolerant, not because she was an alcoholic. So <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, wow. but so she always had this way about her things that she said. And, you know, how we speak to ourselves starts with how we're spoken to as children oftentimes and learning how to move away from you'll never to you can do anything. You can do anything. Interesting. You told me about an event in your life that changed the size of your body. What was that? I initially started putting on weight after I got raped and I mean, it's just, it was, my mom was not equipped to handle it. Well, it's funny that she ended up being a social worker, you know, but, um, she was really toxic in her responses and, um, you know, used me as an example for my younger sisters and shamed me. And I needed like mental health support. Um, I needed mental health support and she was, like really ambivalent about helping me get it. And I had to like do it on my own. I had to like get a job and where I worked was where the guy that raped me worked. And so I had to like go to work and earn money to be able to afford the transportation and afford the therapy. And that was where my job was. And it was, it was awful. It was awful, Becky. And, um, and there were so many beautiful women in my life that helped me in ways like when I look back now and finding mother, mom, you know, that, that in so many different women over the years has been, it's been a joy to discover how many women I've had in my life that have been able to love and support me in every chapter in every way. And I finally just had to say goodbye to my mom. I just I had to let it go. And it's a relief. It's, it's a, it's, it's a huge weight, huge weight literally and figuratively. A couple of years ago, you got a pretty scary diagnosis. How did that change your life? And how do you feel about your body? You know, I, I've really fallen in love with my body over the last couple of years. I, so 
having, you know, this huge cancer diagnosis and being told I was going to die. Like at first I was very uh, sad. You know, I mourned, I went through like the seven stages of grief essentially. And then I decided that I was going to love my body exactly where it was. And I knew that my body could heal itself. I was going to do the treatments. And so I had to work every single day to, to learn how to love my body. So I'm, I'm really in love with it. It's a beautiful vessel and I don't feel, I don't feel badly about it. I would like to release this weight though, because I don't want to get cancer again. There's so all, all, all information that I've been able to gather speaking to so many different doctors and healthcare practitioners and everything like there, I've had genetic testing. I'm the only person in my entire family that has had cancer. And it was like stage four, you're going to die. There's no chance, like kind of cancer Mm -hmm. too. And so there's two huge parts that I've had to come to terms with. One is dealing with stress management and the other is releasing um, extra weight because that's, you know, cancer loves sugar. It feeds on stress and it feeds on all of the different hormones and things that are in your body. So um, it's been, it's, it's been really like wonderful to come to terms with that. And every single day I work to say, you know, Hey, beautiful elbow. Hey, beautiful elbow. I love that. Please tell me more. My body is so beautiful. You know, I, I have this weight here and it's done some great, a great job you know, keeping me like warm and it makes my clothes look nice that I wear it, you know, it fills it up, you know, moving from, um, your fat, I wasn't fat, Becky. I wasn't even close to fat. There was, it was just normal flesh, you know, but just moving from that space to where I am now is so joyful. It feels so joyful to be okay. Like more than okay with my body where it is. Um, I have lost all of the weight before and I did it for all of the wrong reasons. You know, I, I did it in an, I mean, I did it with Weight Watchers. It was a healthy way, but I was not emotionally healthy at all. What do you mean you lost weight for all the wrong reasons? I, I was, I thought I was desperately in love with somebody and he was very attracted to me exactly where I was. And then I worked hard to lose, gosh, probably 70 pounds. So he would stay with me and love me. And in the end, I broke up with him because it wasn't a healthy relationship. And I put all the weight back on. I I did it thinking he would, I could like keep him. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. There was no keeping. And when I couldn't keep him, I decided I was going to keep that unhealthy weight. I just... I did it. I knew what I was doing. Um, I remember the last time that I saw him, I was in the smallest size clothes I had worn since like I was a freshman in high school. And um, I had a housewarming party and I think about 30 people came and I had, they brought so many gifts. It was, they were lining the hallway. I remember thinking, I can't believe this many people just care about me and love me. And then immediately jumped over to this other side of, but if I could just have the love and attention from this one person, none of these other people would matter. And it was just like this giant epiphany at this party that what I was doing was horribly unhealthy. It was horribly unhealthy. And 
he came to the party and he was, and everything about him suddenly looked wrong. Everything looked wrong. And I fell out of love, like in one like moment, it was just awful. But then I spun around and that night I met up with a friend and we went to a Mexican restaurant. And I remember thinking that I'm not hungry and I'm going to eat and eat and eat. And I did. And I ate and I ate and I ate and I slowly put the weight back on. Wow. My guess is almost every single woman watching this can relate to that part, most or all of it. Now that you are post-cancer diagnosis, treatment, and the miraculous news that you are in full remission, where are you and your body now? I had a, you know, a double mastectomy by choice. I pushed hard for it. And I love not having breasts. Like I don't have any issues with it. I mean, I've you know, and I, I purposely stayed away from, I have not belonged to any breast cancer support groups or anything like that, because I don't want to get wrapped up in someone else's story or journey. I've needed to stay very clear and soberly minded about my journey where I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, I just, it's been great to learn how to identify as me not just as like a woman or a mom or a cancer patient, but just like, I know you're so familiar with Mary Kay. And so I can say this and you'll understand it, that I had to come to terms with what my real why was. I thought, I mean, I had all these like BS excuses of what my why was, and it's turns out it's me. I, you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, all things. I just, I didn't know. I just, nothing fit right or felt right. And I kept like, stopping and starting and pausing and going and no, it's me. It's for me. It's all about me. And I'm really good with it. It's all about me. It's Bernadine's time. How is life for you now? I am very go with the flow on some things, but I think sometimes people that control um, are, are trying to stay safe. You know, they're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to like be okay. And I don't have to do any of that things are really good. My life is happy. I am safe. You know, I am safe. And so that's been a a huge epiphany. So, so though I have like a whole human being, like adult human worth of weight to release, I'm, I'm really like, my body is miraculous. It really is. And I, I love, like, I always taught my son, my little one who's 10, his dad had mentioned things about me being fat and overweight. And we went through a, um, a season where Elliot would be like, are you fat? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You know? And I would say, think my response would say, it would be, well, I weigh more than is healthy, but you know what I really love about my body? My legs are so strong and I'm grateful that my legs can carry me everywhere. He was like, oh, and I was like, I have a lot of muscle in my body. And I'm really, I'm really grateful that I have that. And so we, when we went through that season, that's when I started really falling in love with my body, you know, and I'd say, I'm so grateful that when I sit on my butt, my butt's kind of like, it's kind of big and I don't fall over in the car. I don't, you know, I've got a really good center of gravity and I'm really grateful that, you know, all these things, all these things, um, my husband has like really, really, really thin legs. And I, when I first met him, I thought, I actually thought, how could he be with a woman whose legs are bigger than his? Like, it was just like one of those little crazy things. And it turns out that he's got such awe for the muscles in my legs. 
I mean, there's fat there too, but I had this whole story about, you know, my legs and he was like, wow, man, I wish I could have like quads like those. And you are powerful. You can like squat and pull yourself up and all this, all these things. Like, it's just so interesting how other people's perspectives, um, what we assume other people's perspectives are can influence us. Um, and, and so falling in love with my body didn't just all happen like in this last like year and a half. It, it's been happening over the last several years. Thank you for pointing out that falling in love with your body didn't happen overnight. It was a journey. Your light shines so brightly and this phase of your life looks so good on you. You amaze me, Bernadine. It's been a good chapter. I I was blessed to be dead, to get, to have cancer. It was, I was blessed to have it. I was blessed to be in the pandemic when it happened because the whole world shifted to accommodate my world. Everything worked beautifully for me. I could school my son at home. I didn't have to leave, go anywhere. Everything became deliverable. I could work from home. (laughs) Your perspective on cancer and the pandemic is really refreshing. As we wrap this up, what do you want to leave the viewers with today? There's no amount of weight loss that makes you lovable. There's no, if I don't love myself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, none of that other stuff matters. That was Bernadine and her story about her journey of falling in love with herself and her body. Her love for her body began before the cancer diagnosis and got even stronger as she was able to heal her body. As as I reflect on my interview with Bernadine, I think about her light inside of her that shines so brightly. And she sees the beauty in herself. She sees the strength in her legs. She sees how strong she is and how miraculous her body is that it healed itself. I don't think that we need to have a cancer diagnosis to learn to love our bodies. I hope we don't have a cancer diagnosis for it to take for us to learn to love our bodies. I leave you with this today. Before you go to bed tonight, take a look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell yourself that you're worthy and tell yourself that you are lovable. I'll see you next time. Peace out.